Let us stand in body or spirit and listen for a word from God. Today's scriptures are from John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21 from the message. No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up, and everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his Son, his one and only Son, and that is why, this, this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go all to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in. God light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God light and won't come near it, a fearful, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes God light so the work can be seen for the God work it is. The word of the Lord. It is good to be in a warm place. I'm just curious, how many of you are still without power or without heat? Would you just raise your hands? Keep your hands up just so that I can... Okay. Um, See me on your way out. We want to see if our congregation can care for one another and people in need in our community. Um, One of the beautiful things... Yeah, you can have a seat. One of the beautiful things that's happened whenever there's um, a major weather event is that neighbors get to know each other. Neighbors come out of their houses and start talking with each other. Um, I've heard that throughout the metropolitan area when Sandy hit and even this past week, neighbors are looking out for each other uh, in ways that they don't normally when they're just on the normal routine. And those expressions of love and care and welcome um, are signs of God's love, whether God is mentioned or not. Uh, In some ways, it's like we're coming out of our little silos, our little own areas where we are comfortable but don't always leave, and we're getting to know other people on the block and helping them out, loaning generators to one another and extension cords. The passage today that, um, that Anna read is a reminder of God's love for all people. It says that God so loved the world that God gave God's only son. That's an important word to us in our country and in our nation, in our world, where we seem to be in silos that don't hear each other 
or don't respect each other or don't talk to each other. Not only within our country, where we see political divisions that result in vilifying the other party or vilifying another point of view. In that milieu, the scriptures say God loved the whole world, including Democrats and Republicans, independents, people of all different political backgrounds. God loved the whole world. And if we zoom out a little further and we see the geopolitics that are happening that have with them great pain and great stress and great anxiety, we see that uh, God loves refugees, internally displaced people, North Koreans and South Koreans. Americans, Afghanis, Syrians. God loved the whole world that God gave God's Son to us to be with us, to show us how to do this earthly pilgrimage of trust. You know, when the Apollo missions first started flying around the moon, And those pictures went global. I think it was Frank Borman took one of these pictures in 1968. And we saw the Earth behind the lunar landscape. And we saw this little blue marble out in space. That is us. It changed us. For the first time in the history of humankind, we saw the planet that we are on. And there are no borders that can be seen from that distance. There are no countries that we can identify from that distance. It is one planet that God has placed us on. God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son. That picture transformed us, transformed our sense of place in the universe, and transformed our sense of who God is as creator. Good religion transforms us. Good religion doesn't allow us to stay the same. Good religion accepts us where we are, but has a God image that says we can be more. We can be more in the flow of love. We can be more transformed. We can look at the world and one another differently and with the smiling glance of God. Good religion helps us to see the big picture, to zoom out. And in this case, see that we are all kindred, all brothers and sisters. You've heard me say this before. Some of the great things that uh, transform us. Great love. Great suffering. I wish it didn't have to be that, but it is. Deep prayer. Those things transform us or have the potential to transform us. What I want to lift up today is something I've, all, I've learned from Brian McLaren. He articulated it in, in a way that I understood. A fourth thing that transforms us or has the potential to transform us is intentional 
cross-cultural experiences. I'm so grateful to see my Korean brothers and sisters here today. I have such immense respect for your willingness to hear God's call to come to Drew University and study or to come to another country. Some of you are immigrants from other countries. I have great respect for you because you see things that others don't see. And you can become bridges between cultures and honor different ways of looking at the world. Those cross-cultural experiences, and I would contend anyone here who has lived abroad, studied abroad, intentionally sought out cross-cultural experiences, you know what it is to be humbled by not speaking the language. You know what it is to be humbled when a whole other culture sees the world differently than the way we may have been taught or raised. Those cross-cultural experiences have the potential to transform us, to make us more compassionate people. I was talking recently with uh, Professor Heather Murray Elkins at Drew, one of the great professors at Drew Theological School, and we were talking about um, various things. The ukulele orchestra came up, and I said, you know, on Sunday they're, they're singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And she said, come with me. She took me to her office downstairs in Seminary Hall, and she loaned these cloths to me. These are from Korea. On the lectern, on the pulpit, on the organ, on the table of the Lord, and on our round table. And these cloths, the metaphor of the rainbow not only reminds us of the, the promise that God made to to Noah, a promise to protect life. The colors also remind us of an inclusive spirituality that welcomes all people. She told me particularly about this cloth. This is a traditional Korean cloth that is placed on the dining room table to cover the food that has been prepared for a special meal for special guests. And she said that Some Korean friends of hers said whenever they see this, they know something special is going to happen. There's special food, special company, and special conversation. And we mused together about what it would be like to have this cloth or something like it everywhere in our world, where we could engage every conversation, every meeting, every person with a sense of holy expectation that something special might just happen. The season of Lent, we've been having conversations about Jesus' journey and our various journeys. We're not going to be talking about Korea if you're getting nervous. I know our conversation is about something else, but this uh, reminds us that our conversation and all the conversations we've had over the last four weeks around this table have been special and sacred and infused with God's Spirit. Grace and Hannah Asservatham have uh, traveled the world recently and had some experiences that have really been wonderful. And we've had some conversations. I asked them a while ago, would you be willing to share some of those glimpses, just glimpses, uh, on Sunday? I hope you'll seek them out to 
to get more details and Edward as well, who is a part of the journey. Um, so tell us briefly where you have been and how have people welcomed you? So I always like to say that my dad plans the best vacations for us because we always go somewhere great. So two of our most recent trips were to Tanzania, Africa, to see all the animals and wildlife, and to Tromso, Norway, to see the Northern Lights. And I think that the, you can really see God's true creation in these places because you see things that you can't really see where we live. I always think it's kind of like when you go to a zoo, you're go, you're, you can go wherever you want. The animals are the ones that are behind bars in the cages. Hmm. But when you go somewhere like Tanzania, it's their land. They can go wherever they want. You're the one behind the bar and in the cage. Uh, uh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, right? I've heard some other stories from you. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, we were blessed to go, be able to go to the Serengeti, and we spent um, almost 10 days in camps, um, so we were among the animals, but we were inside, either always in our SUE or, or in the tent uh, at night. But the beautiful landscapes and the people of Tanzania, um, they were so welcoming and caring. Um, from, the time, from the time we got off the plane, I think, we, we were welcomed with smiles, and the people were so happy to see us there, they were so happy to show us their land. Um, I think it really touched us. Um, there was a genuine desire for every one of them that we came across. Um, they wanted to tell us about their land and what we could see, and especially our guide who was with us through the whole trip. Um, he probably does this every, every week um, over and over again, but he was able to see things and show us, oh, see that, and he was so excited to show us these things. So that really touched us. Um, and then also another thing was the way we were welcomed at the camps. Um, so these camps had, they were small camps, so they were about eight, eight tents, um, so a total of about 15 to 16 people, um, guests. Um, but as we pulled up to the camp, so the guide would call them ahead of time a few minutes before and say, we're on our way. So we were surprised we, the first time we got to the entrance and there was this crowd of almost a crowd of people standing there clapping and cheering us on. <laughs> they were so happy to see us. And uh, it was kind of embarrassing first, at first. But they had these cold drinks and warm towels. So that, that genuineness and love and um, it just, and the, while we were there, they cared so much more for our safety than even for their own. Um, because we would have to be guided to certain areas and we had some walking safaris that we did and they were so careful and they put their lives in danger just for just so we can go see the you know see this place but um so that really touched us and um as far as the of course I was just going to get into um the animals one thing that occurred to me as we were on our safaris every day um the animals come out, go out each day or even at night, not knowing what's going to happen to them. They could be prey that day to another animal. So um, it made me think that, you know, I don't really live my life like that, saying, oh, this could be my last day. Huh. But I'm, you know, that, so that, that really made me think about um, how I should live my life, not presume that, of course, we hope that tomorrow will come, 
Yeah. But um, we can't presume that we're going to have it. Well, life and death are very close together. In, right. In that oh, I also think that um, it's kind of like the life or death situation when it's not really with us, but when you see the animals, they all kind of just sit there, and but you don't know if there's they don't know if there's an animal that's looking at them, or if they even have a chance to like run away. They. It's like in a matter of seconds where they decide if they should live or not. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, while, while we're talking about the animals, you shared with me some stories about um, being in your tent and hearing elephants walking mm-hmm. right by your tent and, and lions as well. How did you face your fears? How did you deal with... Um, the fears of just being out of your comfort zone and in their realm, not in your realm anymore. Yeah. Well, before going, it took months of um, kind of convincing myself that it'll be okay. Um, <laughs> did a lot of research. I even asked the, the people on the phone, I said, uh, has anybody been eaten or killed? <laughs> and of course, they... they convinced me. They said, no, 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 that hasn't happened, but then again. Oh, so um, we went in faith, but, um, but while we were there, I think after the first night, the first night was the hardest in the tent, where we could hear the lions roar right outside behind my headboard. I could wow. hear the lion. And then we heard, we heard the elephants trample, the hyenas screeching. and So after the first night, I almost felt like we were part of that hmm. Hmm. and um, we were just almost part of that landscape and that um, hmm. the nature and I think um, and also of course the people there um, assured us they said oh they don't come into the tent so you're safe if you're inside but if you want to get out of course call us and we'll come bring you to where you need to go but um, as long as you're inside and you, you respect the animals they, they don't bother you. So, so I think that assurance helped a lot. And, um, and another uh, thing that I felt God's presence there. I found, felt a profound, it might be just in, uh, because of being away from almost all civilization, and there's no phones, there's no communication, um, just being there among, in nature. Um, and seeing the things that we saw, the beautiful sunsets, the sunrise, um, the stars at night, they were amazing. Yeah. It just, they felt like you could reach out and touch them. Um, and, and the vastness of the wilderness, it just made me feel a profound sense of God's presence. And I think at night, I took that with me. I said, okay, God is with me. So uh, if, it is, if it is his will, I'll see you another day. <laughs> So you really had a, not only a sense of God's presence, but a sense of placing yourself, yes. entrusting your well-being right. to, to God. God. Yeah. How else did you experience holy moments or God? Well, I really saw it, especially in like Norway, when you see the lights. It's kind of like an awesome thing. Like hmm. You kind of see how it takes its own shape. It goes the way it wants. You see how God's kind of like controlling it. Huh. And showing it to you, like I want you to see this. Uh, uh. I think we did what we call they called chasing the northern lights. So we would set out every night um, looking for the lights. So 
So they would drive us to different places and just so we can get a glimpse for about three to five minutes and then it's gone. Um, yes, that was another experience that we had recently which um, just taught me the awesomeness and showed me the marvelous creation that God has placed for us to see. And um, one of the... Um, one of the things I think we were talking about where you, where I felt God's presence um, the most, I think over the past couple of years, my, my faith journey has been a roller coaster. Um, there have been numerous times when I was ex- questioning the existence of God itself. And of course I would scold myself and say, oh, you can't think like that. How can you even let those thoughts come into your mind? Um, you know that you're a Christian and you know God is God. Um, but to believe that, because my, two years ago my mother passed away suddenly and um, we just had to deal with that sorrow and despair. And in that time it was very hard for me to, to just have that concrete assurance that God is present in my life. Mm-hmm. Not until, I know Pastor Jeff has many times um, in during that course of two months, um, assured us with these words that God does not exempt us from anything, but delivers us and is with us through everything. So that thought did keep me going, but it wasn't until we actually were in the Serengeti that I really found this peace and the, the profound sense that God is with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that... I don't know what it was, but it was just um, maybe just being in that circumstance, being in that place where I didn't have to think about anything else. Um, you know, um, the feeling that the, the words that we say, um, it is well with my soul, mm-hmm. I think that really took a new meaning for me mm-hmm. um, in, in the midst of the wilderness, the animals, and the landscapes. Um, I think there's, it says Jesus went into the wilderness to pray. Mm-hmm. So I almost felt like I was in the wilderness. And I was able to pray and be much closer to God there. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't just a trip, a vacation mm-hmm. on a safari, mm-hmm. which was great to see all the animals and God's nature. But I think it also touched me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of made me believe that God is in control of the whole universe. So, of course, he's in control of my life, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my faith has become kind of stronger than it was before, I think, just mm-hmm. from seeing all of what we saw in the last couple of years. We have been doing a lot of vacations in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But these were two of them which uh, really touched me. And um, you know, it is said that faith is believing in things that you haven't seen, but... I think my faith has increased because I saw these things. Thank you. That may be a word to all of us to trust that even when we're out of our comfort zone, even when we're in, in a landscape where we may be afraid, that may be exactly where God ministers to us and assures us of God's presence and guidance. So fear not. Seek out the opportunities to get out of our comfort zone and to get out of our culture and out of our places of normalcy because that may be where we meet the Holy One. 
Thank you for sharing some of the landscape of your journeys, your faith, um, and your glimpses of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks for your, your wondrous creation and your handiwork throughout the world. We give thanks for the Asarvatham's willingness to cross cultures and boundaries and explore your creation in other places in the world. Bless each of us with an openness to take risks, to go out of our comfort zone and to look for your guiding hand even there. We give thanks for your presence and your promise to be there. We pray in Christ. People of God said, Amen. Amen.